0: Welcome back to the SSI Executive Conversations podcast. On today's episode, Darwin is joined by Burke Toss, the CEO of Centir, an electrophysiology technology company. On part one of three, Darwin and Burke talk about the background of Centir, startup culture, and Burke becoming a CEO.
1: Welcome to the SSI Executive Conversations podcast. Super excited. Today we have an incredible guest joining us uh, and and a good friend, Burke Toss. Burke is the CEO of CentiR, a digital health and software company that's doing remarkable uh, things in the industry. So Burke has decades of experience in the MedTech ecosystem, focusing on R&D and operations initially. He's highly motivated and experienced leader. Uh, You know, at LSI, I think anybody who gets the opportunity to be around him is just, uh, it's a privilege with his energy and um, that he brings into any conversation or room and his passion for what they're doing there. Um, He is really an experienced leader, high-speed product development expertise, who brings new products to market utilizing innovative technologies. He's really constantly looking for opportunities in the intersection between who we are as humans and our needs, environmental and social responsibility, and business interests. And I'm always uh, privileged when I get to have uh, some of the conversations that we've had at conferences. So with that, welcome to the show, Burke. I couldn't be more excited to have you on as a guest, my friend.
0: Thank you. Wow. The, you know, uh, decades, I, I, I've tried to forget. It's S, you know. It's, it's, it's We're okay. not getting any younger, my friend. We're not getting any you younger. Know, you know, my, my Santa Claus beard reminds me routinely. Um, yes. Thank you for that. Thank you for that amazing instruction. It's really nice to, to be talking to you. It's really nice to be seeing um, you, even though it's virtual.
1: Uh, absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. Well, let, let's talk about the, um, you know, what you're doing uh, at CentAR. Uh It's a, it's, a, it's remarkable, incredible innovation. And then the product uh, recently received its FDA re- approval, which is really exciting. So why don't you tell us what's going on there?
0: Sure. Thank you. So, r was formed by a practicing electrophysiologist, a physician that's. Focused on treating cardiac arrhythmias, um, perhaps uh, folks listening may have heard uh, there's a very common disease called AFib. Mm-hmm. Most likely, someone you know or perhaps you have had it before. Uh, it's a part of type of an arrhythmia, and the folks that treat these types of <clears throat> issues are called electrophysiologists. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one of the co-founders of Centiare is an electrophysiologist, a pediatric electrophysiologist. Uh, practicing at WashU and her husband who is a biomedical engineering professor runs a lab at WashU came up with this idea and really the idea is born out of the issues Jen Silva is her name that the electrophysiologist the issues Dr. Silva deals with on a day-to-day basis in the operating room and uh John, her um, supportive husband, he is and an innovator himself, um, thought that this could be a, a great opportunity to solve a, a big unmet need. So the 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 people. Now that we set the stage, the heroes behind yeah. the behind the technology. Um, what is the what's the villain that they're fighting? So the, the idea is uh, creating a, a 3D hologram of the patient's heart that the physician is operating in in real time while allowing them to control the image that they see mm-hmm. so today the standard of care there is uh, imaging done in the room but is displayed in 2D monitors which is been around for you know 50 years probably if not more and a lot of the information that is gathered by the imaging system is lost and compressed to a 2D setting. In addition to that, the physician who is operating has no ability to control the specific view they have while they're operating. So what we do is we integrate with this imaging system. We create a real-time hologram that they see through glasses, specialized custom-built glasses for this type of purpose and they're able to manipulate the hologram they see to get the exact personalized view they want, when they want to see it. In addition to being able to go fully inside the heart by pushing their head forward simply, uh, and be able to go inside, which is clearly not possible when you're looking at a monitor. Right. As as you can imagine. so so that's the the basis of the technology and when they started this six years ago and i joined them a year after uh clearly people thought um we were crazy (laughs) like yeah you know they're like yeah okay that's cool um Come back to me when you grow up and you have something real to talk when about. When you have right? something real and you're not just like, you know, flying and, uh, and, and imagining things. So, and we did, we did that. We, we came back when we grew up and um, <laughs> we got FDA clearance. Product has been used clinically now in um, almost 100 cases in, in multiple institutions and uh, we have a list of new institutions that are going to come on and use the device so it's been a remarkable journey you know starting from the uh essentially the lab and a very very small company you know um one of the other co-founders mike southworth who was um instrumental in getting all of the software we have today architected and written uh that was you know a very small band we had Mm -hmm. where we were playing different instruments at the same time i'm often i always remember the uh uh, is it um what's that nanny movie where uh the guy's playing all the instruments the chimney sweep what's the what movie am i thinking of where he she has this like magical bag, everything comes out of it. Do you know that the movie I'm talking about? Mary Poppins. Are you talking about Mary? Pop- yes, yeah. <laughs> Mary Poppins is in Chimney Sweep in that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Remember yeah. how he's playing all the instruments and he's uh-huh. dirty and he's just like you know. But um, that's the startup yeah. world, though. If yeah, you're not ready to like if, yes. If you want to, if
1: you want to play one instrument, you do not want right. to go yeah. to a startup. And if you want,
0: if you want to be clean. <laughs> and, and have your like, you know, have your world. Um, this is going to be different. But just like him, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> it is so, a magical world. Talk about how you
1: became the CEO and what when you first were introduced to the
0: technology and the opportunity. Yeah, so we met through a third party. Uh, you know, often it happens, actually someone else that does your job. <laughs> I know, I've got us connected. They do a great job. They do an amazing job. Yeah, so uh, so I met, we met through a third party. And um, at the time, um, I was working on a a trans valve replacement project. Um, Also very impactful. Uh, Very different field, obviously, you know, from mostly software. Mm Mm-hmm but i would say this i think for me it was at at first about the people who are these co-founders and are these the types of folks i want to get dirty and play multiple instruments with right right <laughs> you know Do you want to these the, the for them? right like are these the type of people that you can put your back against and mm-hmm. yeah. and um uh, you know, get in the arena and, and go to, um, go to work every day, knowing that the, you're, um, you're accepted as you, you are. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, there are not nothing else, no other agendas at play. It's only what is the system supposed to do for the patients? And for the physicians yes and it was an amazing conversation i had with all three when we first met it was first over the phone we weren't as attached to zoom at that time you know so it was a phone call right right um, if you can believe that right it seems weird that we that after the pandemic hit i mean we do everything
1: on video, yeah. you know, we, we, pre- we, we, every first conversation is on, unless they're leaving work or, you know, whether it's a manager in the car. You know, or something. Yeah, yeah. And so they're, they yeah. need to be on the phone, but I would say 90% is via video. We do all our preps on the video. It's like, why didn't we do this before? I know. Oh, no, it's, right. It's <laughs> I like, know. Um, it was really weird. If we have a, a, you know, we're working on a role and the partner company, they're like, Hey, we're going to have a, you know, we'll have a phone call. What's the process going to look like? We manage expectations. Well, we have this call. I'm always like, you know, trust but validate, right? It's like, but well, you don't really mean a phone call, right? You mean a video call. Like, why <laughs> like, would you have a phone call with anybody in yeah. this day, knowing what we know now? Because you get a obviously there's nuances in reading yes facial expressions, and there's just things you can miss on a phone call uh, when you don't do that all the time versus being on a video. Yeah. Call.
0: Well, clearly, right, it's an engagement, different level of engagement. But at that time, it was a phone call. And, and um, uh, you know, now knowing all the players, it's obviously at that time, it seems like a surprise, but it was very engaging. I felt like we have known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and the second thing that popped out at me is the willingness to learn you know, knowing that it was, it's going to be a battle and the things that we're thinking right now are probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to be able to grow together and be willing to be wrong together? Right. And, and then actually go ahead and find the right answers. So that was the most important thing for me. It wasn't my first time. So I had the privilege of having other experiences that colors your, it puts a filter, right? So you can see, um, weird. My, my computer just tried to (laughs) tried to go to (laughs) sleep What a weird thing. Um, anyways, so, so that, that was the most important thing. And and I found that with the co-founding team. And I think from there, once you have that ingredient where the principles of the business can learn and grow without, this fear of being wrong or mm-hmm. being judged by their own teammates, Right. then literally if something is worth doing, it is possible. That part is important, right? Is it worth, not every problem is worth solving. Solving, right.
1: That's a very, right. very smart question to ask.
0: Right, but, but if it is, and if you got that ingredient where you can learn and grow together, it's doable. You can do it. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. And that's why I'm like, OK, say no more. Right. I don't care what the product is. Almost <laughs> we, well, you we can do this.
1: You look at the, the two comments that you just made. Super smart. But, you know, 30, 30 plus percent of companies don't make it year one that are startups. Right. Everybody knows typically the numbers 50 percent of those that make it aren't around five years later, 70 percent across all industries don't make it ten years. Being in business is hard. Uh, starting a business, scaling a business, growing a business. Right. And so, is it is it worth? Obviously, that question is it worth solving? What's the ROI look? Is it going to be safe, reproducible? If it's not cost effective, then you can't make any money. You're not, you know, what's your runway look like in terms of Mm -hmm. capital? Um, But as you think about the startup world, or you go up the the ladder of responsibilities, you know, up towards the C suite. I mean, the question almost always is, hey, look, I know I'm going to work hard, right? Um, is it am i going to be excited about what i'm working on and am i going to enjoy the people i'm going to be working on as you said earlier can i trust them um can i be myself and mm-hmm. is it going to be a cultural fit because the cost of mishires are enormous and obviously as you get up to the c-suite area um as you go up the, la- the ladder of responsibilities the cost of that mishire relevant to opportunity cost it, it expands exponential
0: it, yes yeah. yes totally um it's a very good point it it is exponential and you know when when you're growing a startup or like initially you're giving birth to it and then you're growing it right uh it's very much like a baby so the things that apply to raising a baby really apply to uh growing a startup and as the principles of the business people who are in the c-suite um do have a responsibility to create an environment where that startup can flourish they really do it doesn't happen on accident it's very much like a baby right you can't accidentally raise a baby (laughs) no no you You cannot it's going to require your attention and it's going to challenge you he or she Mm -hmm. or they and uh it will put you in you know, the circumstance that the situation you're in is going to really stretch what you think is comfortable and um and then you know when you do it again you, you know second third fourth ten kids right um, you probably develop a different uh, um, expectation around it so i think you know at startups it's very similar very, very similar, you know, expectations slowly change as you get more acquainted with what a startup is and what it's like. And then you don't want to do anything else, really. You just want to give birth to these technologies that has the potential to change the world, um, new ways of doing things and new looks at age old problems. And and some of them are problems that have never been attempted to solve. So um, you you have to be around people
1: that think differently.
0: Right? You really do. You, you really, really do. have to
1: be around people that think differently, that have a significant amount of curiosity, with integrity, because curiosity is, is huge. And being able to look at something, and be open to it being a different answer than what you expect.
0: Gosh, the the vulnerability that comes with that, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the how so like, you got to think about how you define success if you're going to do this kind of thing. Right. And, um, in my opinion, if you can attach yourself to, uh, asking the right questions and learning as your success, Mm -hmm. I think you would find a different level of comfort being in a startup. Like, have I learned something today? right what yeah. what do i learned today that i'm going to apply tomorrow for us to reach our goal uh i think that helps along with being around people that think similarly and having a culture created by the principles of the business that the c-suite we call mm-hmm. right. so those ingredients three four ingredients that are key to to having an attempt a successful startup, right? There yes. are no guarantees. No, no. But but you know? in
1: terms of what you just said, right? Curiosity is 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 key. I think a a spirit of thankfulness,
0: yes. you know, grace,
1: thankfulness. Uh, people that are thankful tend to get along better, well, with others. I, I think in sure. general. And then at the end of the day, uh, you know, everything that we look at when we partner with with companies is. Uh, you know helping them not not just attract it's not about finding people in this day and age right it, but attracting them and then understanding what their personal why is why do they get up in the morning what what's exciting for them because if the personal why matches the mission statement then you're more likely to have higher employee engagement if you hire people with high emotional intelligence that are problem solvers and they get along well with others which means you'll have less wasted resources and potentially have the ability to, to grow um you know, have sustainable profitable growth or more measurable, profitable growth.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I, I wouldn't add anything to what you just said. I think all, all aspects of what you just laid out are, are universally true when it comes to a startup. Those things are very critical. It's a little different than an established business. I think that's yes. also important to contrast that, right? Like, an established business is going to have KPIs right. that are well established and have history. And I've seen this at different startups. You try to implement KPIs that are designed for an established, long lasting, mature business to a startup, then you start chasing things that don't matter. Right. Yes. You know, I used That's to right. call it polishing the doorknobs of your house when you don't have electricity. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, it it doesn't apply it's, it's it's not it's it's a different um is polishing a doorknob nice thing probably it will make your house look nice like it's not a bad thing it's just not a priority right you know not not uh, even
1: the top 20 doesn't even make the top not, 20 doesn't 20. even right.
0: make it exactly so right. if you try to apply kpis that you've lifted from your um big company experience and apply it to a startup in the attempt to mature the startup, right? Let's say they have a product and now it's time to mature, which happens, right? You, you've established and you've gotten, you earned a right to exist now. You're a startup. Right. And you lift those KPIs and you go, okay, here's how you grow. Because I've seen a growth growing, you know, a company that's $60 billion. And then I know where you are. Here's how you get there. Uh you know, slap these KPIs on and overnight you ruin the business. Because it just doesn't work like that, right? No, you really (laughs) have to understand
1: what what your vital few are, what you you, you have to, you um, you don't want and you certainly can't do this as a startup, right? You can't be compartmentalized. You can't, you can't be in uh, separate silos, but at the same time, how you've got to define what your vital few that you're trying to measure and what what purpose does it serve to measure it and then and then once you understand that and you can you know quantify what that looks like you've got to start someplace and then as your company grows you can add additional KPIs but you really have to yes. be specific about what it is you're wanting to evaluate and what you're wanting to get out of that data and is it going to be relevant
0: yes like that mindfulness right mm-hmm. Just looking at a big company, oh, we measured this. We should measure it here, but why? Right. What exactly do you want out of this? Um, and, and you know, for me, I think about all right. Well, now my baby is walking. I want them to go to Harvard, but obviously, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to put them in front of a, a SAT test right now. Like that doesn't right. make sense. Right. If I want to measure their success today which what i'm talking about is crazy no one should do this with their kids but just right. thinking about that analogy right you you wouldn't do that you'll look at someone who puts a gre test in front of a baby like they're crazy uh-huh to <laughs> be like what are you doing um it's like that for a startup it literally is that crazy but it happens all the time i've seen oh it i've seen it myself you know You're, what i'm picturing as you
1: talk about this right is like you know maybe countries with less freedom where okay i'm going to choose you at the age of four based on testing you're going to be in the olympics so now (laughs) you know but that may not be best for your company culture either right in terms of how people want to feel uh, about being a part of something um man i think we could just have this conversation like for, for for another another hour and not even get to the other things that we're we're supposed to talk about. But yes, uh, yes. man, what a great conversation. Such really strong insights, my friend.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the SSI Executive Conversations podcast. If you'd like to see more, please follow us on LinkedIn and subscribe to our YouTube and RSS. Visit com to learn more about SSI and receive a complimentary consultation.